Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What happens when there is so much to do and not enough time to do it? Now you'd think this age-old question should be obsolete. I mean, we've got machines that we're supposed to celebrate because they do so much of the heavy work these days. Just ask a farmer or other people who have break their backs. Science, too, brings new discoveries to make a fallen world bearable. Better than what Luther dealt with 500 years ago, I'll tell you that. There's even a sense of leisure for our lives unlike any time past. I can zip up to Wisconsin, do a couple of things there, and come back, and here I am, even if Chicago had backup. But instead, it's still the same issue. Too much to do. Not enough time to do it. The blessing of work, or to carry out life, our vocations and all that they come, God gave to Adam and Eve, but it keeps going off the tracks. Regardless of the times or how well we try to manage them, there must be a firmer foundation because the doing always will do us in as sinners. And so sadly, humanity has become so emboldened today over what we can do. As you know, it has now outdone and dismissed God. Churches are even ignoring God's word to go with these answers that are being given and the works they're providing to be done. Life better. Have we forgotten the Reformation fact that for all the hard work, and there was hard, hard work on all sides, but have we forgotten the gospel revealed that great mystery that St. Paul said that was hidden from ages past but been made known to us, that indeed before Luther it was deep and dark and very quiet and many died not hearing that good news that we easily miss today. But it bore the weight of it all. And so if the church depended on men, it would have failed right from the start. Look back at the pandemic, and you know the hymn. It says it well. Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Martha and Mary in our text both loved Jesus. The faithful women you just sang about. The difference became evident in our text today by what took priority when Jesus entered their house. One sat at the feet of Jesus, the other was on her feet. There's nothing wrong with loving acts of service. 
But the great gift is when God serves us by the word of Jesus. The loving act of service by Martha can't be done this way where you think in this terms, Martha's bad, Mary's good. You can't do it that way. Welcoming Jesus into her house was the right thing to do. And so this kind of hospitality, you see today in the Old Testament reading, how Abraham showed the Lord and two angels that same kindness when they visited his house. He was moving, the day's plans had changed, and Sarah was probably going, I don't got anything around to give him. What is remarkable about Mount Martha is a woman is so bold to welcome Jesus into her house. And he approves of the invitation. Such a surprising honor, of course, came with demands considering who Jesus was. And it also included, don't forget, entertaining at least the 12 disciples, if not a few others who were with them too. So it was a pretty full house that day. Martha's efforts were not like the lawyer you heard about last week. She wasn't trying to justify self. She wasn't asking, and who is my neighbor? There was no initial question. But simply, she was serving. That was her great desire. And so loving acts of service are certainly the right thing to do in our lives. The most basic need, as you know, at home is taking care of your chores, making sure you have time with family, making sure there is devotion, maybe time, yeah, to say we're going to church, but all those things that would make life be cared for. Rather than doing evil, Christians seek out what is good. And likewise, the New Testament book of Hebrews makes it known, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. So it's pretty wide, even in today's world of worries over shootings and all this stuff. Don't forget that Bible verse, because you might be entertaining angels unaware. To serve as Martha did is to take the law of love seriously toward both God and what he says is good, but also in relationship to our neighbor. And boy, she had a neighbor that day, Jesus. And so Jesus, as the promised Messiah, was good motivation for Martha's dedicated service. And yet, you know how the text goes, it's not very long. But any temporary acts or service of love are never good enough to end the madness of it all. Martha's problem was blocked out what was going on right before her eyes. And they were meant for her ears. As amazing as it was to welcome Jesus, it was even more amazing how welcoming Jesus was to teach women in their home. Not in the synagogue, not the temple, but for them at their home. Sadly, all of Martha's active love was unable to sustain the demands and became loveless 
toward her own sister. Justification with works is never content. And so she turned against Mary, seeing her sitting at Jesus' feet. The image was disturbing, right? There was no end to the service, and it drove Martha mad to finally come right out with it. And we think children have a problem with this stuff, right? Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. She wanted him to take control of the situation by her standard. But Jesus exposes the true pain. He said, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Our problem always goes back to letting the many things to do that are good get in the way of what God does for us. Today isn't about the sin of false idols. It's about the sin of good idols. There are demands of service that come with life. Just as their need for charitable service. But Jesus let sinners sit to hear him. As you might know, famous word today, at least for my generation, I think yours too, is called multitasking. It's a modern-day way to manage the madness. But here's the thing. Plenty of research has come out to show that for all the multitasking you can do, it degrades everything that you do do. So as much as you think you can do this and do that, it's not 100% given here and 100% given there, so it all just gets a little bit less than what it should be. You wonder why a business principle is don't do 500 things, but do three things really good. No wonder the proper place of God's word puts us in a position of being receivers rather than doers before Jesus. And so the anxieties and troubles of Martha are not far from us. It hits all of us right square in the face. What drives you to the point to put that finger at another. What of your works make you doubt because you do them so much and so well that you doubt if God cares? I mean, because surely nobody else does, it seems, around me. The law never saves. Works never cease. And love of service can grow cold in our hands as sinners. That's the consequence of all this stuff. Jesus is going to salvage the whole relationship between Martha and Mary, but also with her and God in our reading today, right? Grasping at many things keeps us at a distance from the one who saves us from the pit of despair hidden in works. Jesus in the parable, uh, two chapters before this, uh, the parable of the sower says this great word to his disciples. 
Take care then how you hear. For the, to the one who has, more will be given. And from, from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Mary chose the good portion because Jesus chose deeply to extend his love to both of those women in that house. God's will was not to be a guest, but the host of a kingdom hidden in Christ. As the Lord gave his promise to Abraham and Sarah of a child, so Jesus gives the greater word of life for sinners to be fixed upon him. His death and resurrection would be all over the sacrificial love God speaks to the world. That was the whole point in the end. For the whole world to listen to God who hangs from the cross, who speaks his great word, so that all would hear, but all would not. All were too busy, too caught up in their despair or their pride of works. You see, Jesus worked faith in Mary's hearing. And it promised rest in him by the gospel that nothing else can give. Plenty of time for hospitality, but the gift of his word was to be a firm foundation that Martha could not give herself. And you wonder why Jesus turned his word especially to Martha and spoke to her the truth. Well, other, other kinds of goodness only will go so far. I'm sorry to break it to you. No matter what good you think, it only goes so far. Mine too. The indispensable presence and work of Christ always is a good service. God's will is to give you the good portion that the law can never satisfy, but the gospel gladly gives. Do the demands of life bring every distraction at home? Jesus has not lost his focus, but brings every good for you today to bring that care back into your homes of his great love. He says, the Son of Man came not to be served by your attendance, but to serve you with his attendance. Answer for those who have ears to hear. Are you drug around as if you have no control? Jesus dragged every burden in life, even doctor's appointments, and all the shuffling around of things that you have so well planned out he dragged it all to his death, so a service of love he made to be a firm foundation. And in that, you're forgiven by grace, not because of your great planning. St. Paul says, God has now reconciled us in Christ's body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. Does anxiety make you wonder if God cares? I think it's a pretty big thing today. And so a welcoming promise sits at the font of our baptism. It's a great thing when churches make sure the baptismal font is central to what people see when they come to church. Because Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you 
Rest. Return to your baptism. Repent of the peace that God placed upon and washed your life in once again. Among this are troubles over the kingdoms of this world also there, heavy upon life. Take heart. Jesus comes to eat and drink with us the good portion of his kingdom. That cannot fail. It's been there for 2,000 years. Christ feeding his body, the church, lifting up his saints through the ages to feed them in their famine of faith in God. And he does care because here's Christ for you to eat and drink. And so among the busyness of humanity, or even the law's demands, God is giving the best answer. Martha shows labor in this life with love, but had grief before Jesus. That is not God's desire for your life. Mary shows the labor of every blessing to receive from Jesus being God for us. The word stands the test of time. And it finally lets any fall upon Jesus the firm foundation. Worship even carries our response, doesn't it? We come to church, we give response. Prayer, praise, and thanksgiving through hymns, offerings. But God's divine service is the greater promise at work. And so Luther describes how this goodness as received from God is before our whole life. And this is the problem much today. It's not before our whole life. And here's what it says. Luther says, whenever God's word is taught, preached, heard, read, or meditated upon, then the person, day and work are sanctified. This is not because of the outward work, but because of the word, which makes of us all. Let me translate that for you. It's in the large catechism. But it simply means this. It's not about just having a meeting at church for council or a voters meeting next Sunday. You are to have a devotion, maybe even some teaching that accompanies whatever business which is going to be done. But without the word of God, it will fail. For your daily lives of devotions, have the word of God in it. I assume you've gotten that down since we've gone through so much the past couple of years. And if you haven't, you need it. But most importantly, all these things are sanctified because the word does what it promises as we learn and grow in it. And nobody can do that by themselves. The church grows with Jesus as his body. Loving acts of service are good. But the word and work of Jesus saves us from doing that is never done. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding because of what he has done for us in Christ, be with your hearts and minds in his Son to life everlasting. Amen.